Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman want to get better off the ball or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA. Visit DNA Sports Denver dot com now and sign up man you got me all self-conscious over here looking at the light making sure we record <laughs> hey gotta get proper preparation prevents poor performance I'm just trying to chase perfection and fall to greatness. Hey, I feel you, especially when you're in the presence of it. You know what I mean? You want to kind of match that greatness. You know what I mean? So I'm I mean, sorry. Vita ain't sorry. in here no more. I'm sorry that I do that to you, bro, but, you know, it's just me being me. But, hey, everybody, how's it going? This is Coach Dom. This is my partner. I'm Coach Al. How you guys doing? We're back again for another great episode. Lucky Make- episode number 13. Yeah, it's the lucky one. So make sure you go out and visit dnasportsdenver.com, book a training session, and get lucky with those great skills that we're going to help you improve. Uh-huh, I see what you did there. dnasportsdenver.com, dnasportsdenver.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, want to get anything put on a show, talked about, suggest a topic, hit up dnasportsdenver.com forward slash ask. DNA, DNA com forward slash ask DNA. Hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you want, what we're missing, what, what little flavor or spices we can add to the mix and uh, to make your listening experience a little bit more enjoyable one. Um, yo, coach, I hope you had a good week, man. It's been, it's been a busy one. Yeah, you know, actually is it's a little bit more slow paced for me with our bye week. Um, kind of been able to kind of, you know, take it easy and, 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 prepare for next week and and enjoy some other things so it's been it's been nice put 550 miles on the vehicle this weekend i'm kind of pissed off yeah but you know work is work hey <laughs> at least you got to enjoy uh you know a nice drive some scenery it's beautiful out there dude i love grand junction shout out to the western slope or the left slope as i like to call it um it was, it was a fabulous time man um got to see some football out there you did seen our boy tiff uh Kind of coach up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shout out Tiff. Uh, shout out to Bear Creek. They had a great game, man. I, I, I don't know that uh, Fruta Monument. Who's that's who they played? I don't know if Fruta Monument expected them to come up and beat game. Fruta's a really good team. Yeah, but Bear Creek came up and they were game, man. They went down fourteen nothing real quick. Or maybe and, uh, Bear Creek is just they're, much they're, more improved than what other people are thinking. I think they're better than what people are thinking. But Fruta's a really good team. Yeah, like they're straight up. They're a really good team. They've they've Lost one game against um, Grandview, who, who's a 5A powerhouse, you know. Um, I don't know that I, – I think everything I was reading, I think maybe they underestimated Bear Creek a little bit. But they came out, Bear Creek came out, took, took a punch. You know, they were down 14 nothing, And they fought their way back, man, to the point where they took the lead in that game. Yeah. And uh, they were up 27 – or 26-20 and gave up the lead, gave up field goal, and then uh, – you know, at the very end, they they were at the they pushed to the fifteen yard line and uh, had two cracks at it, man. And uh, 
just just couldn't get it done. Uh, shout out to my little cousin AJ. He's on the he plays a uh, wide receiver for Bear Creek. He's also their punter. So nice. it's cool to see him. His mom couldn't make it up there, so I was able to get some some snaps and and hook her up with some with some dope photos. He had a couple catches in that game, and uh, it's a good game, man. Uh, it, it was a great Friday night light atmosphere. Yeah, that's nice, man. I gotta actually go out and check out North's homecoming game versus West this weekend as well. And nice. it was a hot one, um, very hot out there. You know they. Uh, they, they played a good game. They got the win, you know, and that's what it matters. You know, I just would like to tell them, you know, like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. You Keep know pushing. what I mean? It's all about progression and whether they're pretty wins or ugly wins, a win is a win and you got the you got the dub. So just build off of it, continue to get better, and you guys will be all right. Um, but, yeah, man, it was, it was hot out there. They were out there balling. You can tell if we were hot in the stands, you know, they were hot out there on the turf. So. They were out there doing their thing, um, you know, a few turnovers, a few mistakes. But, again, you fix those things, get those things right, it's a whole different ball game. So, that shout out city, to them. That all-city field always seems like it's freaking extra hot, too, bro. I I don't know if that Especially if you're on the west sideline for the earlier oh, games because that sun's coming right up over you. For sure. It, it's over you the whole for entire sure. time. For sure. I didn't even think about that. Spent many track meets. In that freaking stadium, yeah, same thing because we're always on that west side and it's it's rough, dude. It gets super hot over there. I don't know if that turf just doesn't release heat well enough or what the hell it is, but it gets warm over there, bro. But yeah, man, it was just nice to get out. Good and, crowd and what beautiful crowd, Good. man. The the fans were out in attendance, you know. Good, very very uh, packed stands, and you know, homecoming game is how it's supposed to be. And and again, they got the dub. It was nice to see some of our former players out there balling. Nice. Um, I got to see one of my other former players playing for G-Dub right after that a little bit. Oh, nice. Um, so shout out to Fred Scott. He's out there balling for G-Dub, doing his thing. You know what I mean? Shout out to all the players for North. And, and you know, we get to watch a lot of our former players. And we've got to check out a little bit of uh, – one of our former guests as well do his thing out yeah, there. Yeah, as I say, speaking of former players, bro, freaking yeah. Brandon got his start yesterday, his first start in college, man. Shout mm. out to Brandon Bennett. Yeah, man, and, you know, it was a good one. They put on a show. They got a pretty Big dub. Impress, impressive Big dub. dub, and they did what they were supposed to do. So keep working, B. We know you're going to continue to put in that work. Um, you already, you know, you, your foot's in the door now, and now you just got to keep it there. Dude, it was dope. I got to watch the game a little bit uh, and listen on my way back because I caught the first, like, I don't know, first half, I guess, yeah. on the way back from Junction. And uh, shout out to RMAC for having that free link up, bro. Like, yeah. they hooked the link up and was able to watch watch and listen to the game. And um, they got up big on them early and coasted at the end and uh, looked like, like Fort Lewis wanted to try to make a game out of it, but. They definitely weren't game for that. Yeah, uh, they're rebuilding that program. But yo, shout out to Adam State. Shout out to our boy Brandon Bennett for for getting that dub. Shout out to Western Colorado. They got a dub against Shattering this week. Uh, so shout out Elias. Um, it's cool to see. Man, football's in full effect, bro. And this is what I love this time of year. The weather's starting to cool down a little bit. We're starting to get some uh, some cooler mornings and cooler evenings. So that's where it's at, bro. Yeah, all our former athletes, all the athletes out there. Also, make sure you're taking care of your bodies. You know, this, like Coach said, we're getting in the full swing of things. Football is football. You will have bangs and bruises here and there. So make sure you're treating your body like a temple and, you know, putting only the right things in it and making sure that you're, you know, resting well after games and making sure you're prepared for the next week. 
Amen, amen, amen to that. Well, hey, we got a great show for you guys today. Just wanted to give them shout outs. We can talk about some coaches on the hot seat. We're going to talk about some new club members in baseball. Um, talk about you know, Brett Favre stealing from welfare recipients. <laughs> and uh, we're just talking about some some Sunday football and all. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Before before we get onto the coach's hot seats, Coach, but last episode we talked about another hot seat. We want to kind of just give an update on that. Yep, in yep. The notes, you know. Oh, I forgot S- about that. Sarver uh, beginning the initial process to sound yes. sons, and it looks like is you know, being – essentially going to be forced out yeah um to me is great news you know what i mean like again he's gonna make millions of dollars yeah he's gonna be rich and live his life um you know there's interesting topics about this and interesting point of views as well you know especially with the with the lack of evidence foolproof hard proof evidence you know others will have difference of opinion in this um however you know Walk like a sheep, talk like a sheep. I must mean, be a sheep. You know what I mean? And I think if you're starting to sell, you're getting pushed out, maybe there's some information that we're not all privy to, that yeah. they're privy to, and they're like, you know what, before this gets any uglier for either party, let's just make sure we part ways. And maybe it's more so along the lines, too, of his apology was bullshit. Yeah. yeah. The way he the way he owned it was bullshit. So maybe they saw that and they're like, dude, like what the hell? Like, you know, I could see if he would have been like more sincere in his in his apology, maybe. And and at the same time it might just be something that's inevitable, you know, and you got minority owners speaking out, you got players speaking out, um, you've got sponsors speaking out, and they always say you wanna you wanna get some change, attack the pocket, right? And the pocket's speaking out pretty loudly. So there is uh there's reason for him to want to get out now before the value goes down, get out, go on about your business and let the team proceed. Let both teams proceed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. I don't know. I know uh, the Sterling thing took a little bit of time, but it also kind of, they, they expediated the process a little bit too, to pick an owner. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of minority owners. So maybe there's somebody in the minority ownership group that can, step up and 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 pay for that majority chunk um i wonder if he has to sell all his stock in the team or if it is it just you can't be a majority owner no more i would guess it's the latter the the first one opposed to the latter that he would have to sell all his stock i I would imagine they wouldn't want him associated or anything with the team yeah i i I think that's the case as well i don't see a point in keeping a guy around that's going to still bring the same attention Yep. You know what I mean? But, you know, speaking of cutting ties and ending things a little bit early, a you know, one here. in the hot hot seat, there's a lot of coaches in the hot seat, um, you know, just being the NFL and, and you know, it's a what not have you for done? long league, not for long league. What have you done for me lately type of thing? Facts. You know, there were 19 NFL head coaches have been in their current position for two or fewer seasons. Golly, really? Yep. And 10 of those coaches were hired after the conclusion of the 2021 season. Mm. Right? So <clears throat> with all the movement that we've been seeing in in head coaching roles in the NFL, I just wanted to kind of talk about which ones may or may not be on the hot seat. You know, I know Mike McCarthy was almost fired at the end of last season. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, and then they got two, like, two of the hot NFL head coaching candidates on their Ross on their staff with their defensive yeah. and offensive coordinators and Callum Moore and, De- and uh, uh, Quinn. 
Yeah. And then Pete Carroll is, is the fourth longest tenured coach. And with Seattle kind of, you know, what's going on there? Yeah. Are they going to have a successful season? Is Some can say... Is his time nearing an end in Seattle? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so, dude, because they chose him over Russell Wilson. Yeah. So, right. you know, they knew it was going to be bad this year in terms of rebuild. So maybe maybe he gets this year. Yeah. I think uh, there's a couple, I think, that are up there for sure. Um, one of them's not so, you know, not so on the radar, and the other one kind of is. Um, we'll go for the – for uh, – the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Wright, yeah. who's not really on the radar for for being on the hot seat, but uh, the expectations that they came in this year and kind of they've underachieved a whole bunch just early on in the season. They had that tie with with um, Houston, and then they lost last week. They got shut out by the Jaguars. I mean, the seat's got to be getting a little hot for Frank Wright, especially with all the expectations they had with bringing Matt Ryan in. Yeah. They faltered last year with Carson Wentz down the stretch. Um, and then the other one, I think, too, and maybe he saved it last week against the Raiders, but Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. You know, he's a young coach, and first time, you know, having this job, little in over his head, maybe. Um, there's another coach that's like that first time head coach that might be a little in, in over his head, too. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think I think for a couple of those coaches, the seat's warming up. I don't know if it's necessarily hot yeah. per se, um, but you know, Kingsbury did he win that game, well, or I mean, did a lot of that come on the back of what Kyler did? Well, I think that's the success of any head coach. Is a lot of times it comes on the back of a of a quarterback, and people praise Mike Shanahan for being a genius around here. But he did have uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, winning him two Super Bowls. Yeah, that same quarterback lost Super Bowls before that too. But I agree, I agree that. So would you say it's hand in hand? Uh, hand I, in hand. I agree that you know, coach does play a big part. Players play a big part in the coach's success, and coaches play a big part in player success. Unless you're Bill Belichick. I totally. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Patriots. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I just think that particular game was was more one on ability than. For sure, miraculous coaching decisions. Right. You and, know well, what and, I mean? I just, like, and I don't necessarily say that he saved his job. Maybe, maybe he's a benefit. He reaps the benefits. Yeah, because um, if they'd have lost that game, especially as that game was going, they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah, and if they'd have lost that game the way it was going, that seat would have definitely warmed up. Yeah, you know, and a few more seats warming up, or uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett here in Denver. Fast. Um, you know, a lot of questionable decisions are being made um, as far as time management, yep. you know, and that's a big aspect of coaching. You know, if you don't have proper time management, that's a problem, you know. And for me, a guy who goes out and hires a game management coach specifically, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm all for knowing your weaknesses and applying other people's strengths where your weaknesses may be. However, I don't know the perception that that gives to the locker room and or to management for you and your the stability of your future. You I don't know. know. What I mean? like, like they hire they hire analytics people all the time to kind of tell you situational. Yeah, statistics. but game management's a different thing. Like, do you? Yeah, but he's been bad at it, bro. Like he was so bad at game management, he got booed in his first home game as I, a Broncos head I coach. Know. So, I, I it, in my opinion, I think it's kind of ballsy to say. Hey, I know where my shortcomings are at. Let me get someone in here to help me real quick. Now, who's to say that he doesn't learn from this person and then be like, okay, you're you're good to go. I don't need you anymore. But 
you know, I think is that too big of a shortcoming to overcome, though? It it, it, it may be. You know, because like, we'll see tonight. We'll see tonight. How can you manage time when you have to turn and ask another guy's opinion on what you should do? That's wasting time. I don't know. To be honest with but, you, I feel like there should have already been somebody in the box. If, and if there was, we don't know about it. There should be somebody in the box, like, "Yo, coach, you're down in ten seconds. Yo, yeah. coach, we gotta get this play in." There should be. There's. I mean, there's always people like that on your yeah, staff. You, you would think that he some. already had this person there. Yeah. And I feel I agree with you on the perception of it. Like, you know, like he should have already had this person there. And now the perception he's bringing him in three weeks into the season. Like, what does that say for you? Especially when you didn't do anything in preseason. You know, you sent your guys out there, but you didn't send your starters out there. It didn't seem like they really had to coach hard in preseason. Yeah. Their their training camp was kind of soft. So, yeah. like, yeah, a lot of these things are starting to stack up, and it's starting to be a little bit deep of a hole to kind of get yourself out of. So Yeah, and, and to be fair, I think there was some unfair expectations put on Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos this year. We kind of talked about it yeah. a few weeks ago where, you know, we said they got Russell Wilson, and obviously they yeah. were – automatically a Super Bowl contender. Well, you know, that's a lot of pressure and eyes to be put on a team, and we're only into week three. So, you know, oh. hopefully they can turn it around and do what they got to do to Are they be one successful. and one despite their coaching or in spite of their coaching? Good question. Because I would argue they should be 2-0, and oh, and that's coaching that caused them to lose that first game. Yeah. And they almost lost the second game because of coaching. Yeah. I, I don't know that Russell Wilson is going to be the save-all, be-all. But at the same time, you don't let Russell Wilson do his thing on fourth and short in a game that you is very winnable. You don't uh, – you get down to the red zone. And I don't know if that's audibles or what that is, but they ran the same play twice in a row. Yeah. You know, at some point you got to get behind center and pound the freaking rock, dude. Yeah. And I, I'll always advocate for that. And shout out to Coach Hanna. He knows how many times I've been in his ear talking about pound that rock. But mm-hmm. – you know, at some point when you're down there at the goal line, you can't get there six times and not score a touchdown. That's for sure. You know, another guy that's on the hot seat before we move on um, is is honestly Josh McDaniels as well. You know, there's yeah, a lot of people that are kind of talking about it, especially out of Vegas. You know, they're kind of putting a lot of the blame and the onus on him. Um, yeah, we're 0-2. Things aren't looking pretty right now. But we lost one week one to a great Chargers team by five points with having three interceptions thrown in that game. And then week two, we were dominating the entire game and just didn't close it. Now that is something that you got to figure out how to do in the NFL, which McDaniels has obviously addressed. And you got to learn how to close games. You got to learn how to win football games by any means necessary. Absolutely. And I also feel that during that overtime drive that we had there were two plays that looked like obvious run plays that were audibled out of turned yeah. into pass plays and turned into the situation that it was in and that's the hard part to know too is like are, are we checking out are we is are, is he calling the right plays and putting people in the right position and they're just getting checked out of like that's the hard that's really the hard part to know um do you think maybe some of mcdaniel's skeletons from his previous coaching experience are starting to come back to even if he's if he's a different coach now um people kind of have a book written on him right yeah. so do you think some of that stuff's coming out because i don't i haven't heard anything as like, like he didn't come to, to the raiders and you know try to trade away his best quarterback and yeah, do all no. this crazy shit he did with the broncos but no, no yeah no i i mean i think some of it could be some of his old skeletons a little bit but i honestly don't think so. I think we lost two games we should have won. Yeah. Um, 
I think he put him in the position to win both of those games. Well, and let's be real. If 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 Kyler Murray doesn't dance around for twenty seconds and score a touchdown, this isn't a conversation. Yeah, and you know, and, and I think I'm what I'm thankful for being a Raiders fan is that the the other aspect of coaching when it comes to these kind of things is how you control your locker room your staff your players mm-hmm. and your your own emotions you know what i mean during these hard times when the media starts asking these tough questions and and trying to get you to start pointing fingers at each other and we're not seeing that at all you know everybody's taking accountability mcdaniels has taken some accountability for some things Carr's taking some accountability for some things yep. you know Devonte, the line everybody's taking accountability for their own actions and that's great to see that he's already changed that mentality so you know i'm with him i have total faith in them and their success this year so you know we just got to turn this thing around and get it done and let's be real if you're a first year head coach you should not be on the hot seat right now yeah it, it just even even hackett in the mistakes he's made First year head coach, first time head coach. Like, uh, I got it, a pretty unfair nickname for him as a Raider fan. What? I just give him a middle name that he may not have. Let me let me guess. It starts with the C and ends with the T, and it's not Unt. Yes. <laughs> Nathaniel can't hack it. Nathaniel can't hack it. You think that's the first time he's heard that? No, but <laughs> I'll coin it. You know, it's interesting because you know we'll get out. We'll, we'll stop beating a dead horse here in a second. But all right, the new word is stop feeding a dead horse or a full horse. But uh, <laughs> you know, he didn't call plays in in Green Bay. He didn't coordinate the offense in Green Bay, even though he was the offensive coordinator. That was mostly Lafleur. Um, the last time he did it was with Jacksonville, Blake Bortles. We'll see. I, I'm going to give him some time. Uh, speaking of first-year head coaches that are killing it, before we if we get on, uh, it would be I'd be a fool if I didn't mention Mike McDaniel's and then uh, yeah. the Miami Dolphins. That offense looks potent, and uh, it, it looks like a different Tua. Yeah, I'm not over. I'm not. I'm not jumping over the over the board right now and and, and going all in. You know, I've been a Dolphins fan my whole life and been disappointed many times off of some good starts, but they look pretty good in that matchup with Miami and Buffalo tonight or today is going to be a good one. I got the Dolphins. Let me tell you something about Tua this year, which I think, it, and we see it a lot in high school kids, right? Yep. So in high school kids, you get these kids that are eager to play football, but they're very young still. They're very naive, and they make a lot of mistakes as young kids, and they don't really get the importance of everything outside of football. Mm-hmm. Right and and the the time it takes to really perfect your craft once you get to a certain level like once you get to high school there's a bunch of great athletes right yeah. once you get to the NFL there's nothing but great athletes so you got to continue to get better consistently and I'm not saying that Tua hasn't done that other years but this year he's doing some things different he's been holding meetings after every practice with the offensive skill guys to go over practice and game tape to kind of get familiar with where they want the ball put, yep. you know, their tendencies and what they like and what kind of balls that <laughs> pause, <laughs> pause that, you know, they want <laughs> thrown their way. For sure. And so, you know, they're getting all this chemistry and he's taking the time to actually, 
you know, mesh with his skill players. And, you know, he that's what veteran quarterbacks do. And maybe he just didn't see it as a younger quarterback. And now that he's getting to a certain level, he's starting to realize, like, hey, guys, I, or hey, Tua, you got to get this right. You got to put in the work because if you don't, you're out of here. Yeah. And same thing with high school kids, right? They start out as freshmen, and they really don't get the importance of everything until junior or senior year. And then and it's, real. it's like – it's real time now. You know what I mean? So, well, you got to learn. I think it's important that you have to learn, especially a young player. You have to learn how to be a professional. Yeah. And I think he's starting to learn how to be a professional. Um, also, I think the confidence that Mike McDaniels has instilled in him, he propped him up and made him the guy, right? He's continually backed him. He's continually propped him up. Uh, the organization has propped him up by not trading for Deshaun Watson, by trading for Tyreek Hill, by bringing in Jalen Waddle in the draft and by giving him uh, weapons to throw to and to to give at his disposal, bringing in Chase Edmonds, bringing in I mean they got Raheem Moistert. Raheem Moistert. They got they had three headed. They had Sony Michelle for a second there in the yeah. preseason, you know. So they they brought in the talent on the offensive side of the ball and are giving him a chance to to be great. And I'm just happy to see that he's learning how to be a pro. And uh, hopefully they can make that next step and join that uh, that playoff club. Um, you know, speaking of some club members there, bud, we got two new club members in baseball. We don't talk baseball a lot on here, probably as much as we should. Yeah. And uh, but it's it, this is this is some rarity um, with these club members. So we talked about one of them earlier. We in the did. Year. Episode well, eight. Kind of been following up on him. Absolutely. But there's another guy that we should talk about. Absolutely. So uh, we'll start off with the first one. Uh, Albert Pujols, man. He joined the 700 club. Uh, he's the fourth baseball player to hit 700 home runs in his career. He joins Babe Ruth. Um, he joins Barry Bonds. And he joins Hank Aaron. That's it. Man, that's just phenomenal to see somebody's long you know, their career kind of like the hard work paying off and, yep. and showing the dividends and, and congratulations to this guy who's just worked his tail off, you know, and year he, in and year out. And he's accomplished a, a goal that not a lot of other people have done. You just said it. He's only the fourth player yep. to reach that club. I mean, he's been playing for a very, very long time and he spent most of his career in St. Louis. He did go away to, uh, uh, Los Angeles Angels for a number of years and kind of seemed like his career was was over with at that point. Uh, signed back with St. Louis this year, wanted to give him one last year, kind of kind of get away from the game. I think this is going to be his last year. I mean, that's what everyone kind of alluded to. Um, but he hit two home runs against the Dodgers on Sunday on Friday. He was stuck tied with a Rod at six ninety eight. Uh, he hit two home runs against the Dodgers. Um, that last home run, man, the the emotion, the feeling. Los Angeles crowd is a savvy crowd. They know baseball. And so for them to give that respect and show that love, um, to see him, you know, meet up with his fellow countrymen and longtime teammate, um, uh, or excuse me, not his fellow countrymen, his longtime teammate, Yadier Molina, they embraced, man. They, they gave a good hug. And, you know, Yadier's been there forever, and they've, they've been together forever. They won championships together. So, it's really awesome. Uh, great job for Tepujos and, you know. Man, I mean, he did it in, in uh, 2,208 bats. 
2,208 runs batted in was 2,208, and he has 3,377 hits. His batting average is 296. I mean, it's a pretty good career, man. I mean, you know, to make it to a certain club, per se, you know, you, you have a ton of Hall of Famers, right? But you only have a few that are... I mean, he's elite group of people and for certain things. And the fact that he's in there with the names that you mentioned is phenomenal. So they've been playing baseball for well over a hundred years, man. Well over a hundred years. He is already part of the 600 club, which is very, you know, exclusive. Uh, But now, man, he just put his name up to up the likes of Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds. And say what you say, Will, about Bonds. But Bonds is probably one of the greatest players in his era, despite of what was going on, in spite of what was going on, whatever. So shout out to Albert Pujols on that. Um, The other one, bro, and we talked about this back in episode eight where he is chasing this this uh, this number. But uh, Aaron Judge, man, he um, he hit his 60th home run. One away. He's one away from Roger Maris' 61, which would be an American League record. Yeah. Um, he already owns the record for a right-handed batter. There, you know, um, the major league record 73, and I don't know that that's within reach. I think they've only got about 10 or 11 games left to play. But who knows? Anything can happen. Um, yeah, they're kind of, you know, I, th- I know when he hit this one, he was kind of surprised that they were even throwing him strikes or kind of, you know, shying away from – Dude, so Friday, there a little bit. Friday, they uh, they <laughs> they opened the game up against the Yankees by walking him intentionally, bro, on four pitches. Yeah. And the it wasn't intentional, but it, you could tell they wasn't throwing to him. And dude, the crowd lost it, bro. They were booing, booing, booing because they want to see sixty one. Yeah, you know. And then um, later on in that game, he hit a he hit a shot. And it sounded like it, it just exploded off the bat, and the crowd's like starting to lose it, bro. And freaking right before the wall, oh boy, just catches it right before it gets to the wall. It just didn't quite make it to you know, the that's, wall. It's kind of cowardly to purposely not throw him some strikes. Like, let's play the game. We're there for a reason. If you happen to be the guy he hits, makes history on, hey, you're a part of history too. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I like, mean, but I, I know no one wants to be that guy, right? But. You're a professional. Just don't be that guy. Then strike his ass out. Yeah, you would. You would think it's that easy to to do, but it's. I don't know, man. Sometimes yeah, it's not to, to avoid it. Do you get, do you get to the pinnacle of sports to avoid a situation? I don't know. You get there to confront the situation. Like you think you're gonna, you know, make history by hitting a home run off of me. Well, let's see. You yeah, know, I don't know. That's my so, mentality about things. Just to give you some perspective, and I feel you on that one because when I was when I was watching Barry Bonds would hit his seventy three home run season, um, I was very invested in that season, and he had one hundred and seventy seven walks. That's crazy. In one hundred and fifty three games played, bro, That's he crazy. had he had freaking two times the amount over two times the amount of rocks walks. He had more walks than RBI. Um, he had more walks than hits. They were terrified of Barry Bonds. His following year, a hundred. Uh, his following year, one hundred ninety-eight walks. That just has to make you think, like, where could he have ended up, bro? Two thousand four, <laughs> two hundred thirty-two walks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, so I get it, but it's kind of scary to think, you know, dude, what. Like you said, where could they end up if they're not being walked so much? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, 
it's it's a great accomplishment. He's what one of now the sixth person to hit hit sixty home runs. Um, you know, he's the first Yankee to do it in, in since Roger Maris. And a lot of people are saying it's way more impressive. Well, I think they put a lot more stock into it. They they like to they like to bash the, you know, they like to bash the freaking uh, steroid era. Like like if pitchers weren't on it, like if everyone went on that shit, and I get it. Baseball probably probably treats their numbers as the most hollowed numbers of any sport. Like, you know, 756, you know, was the home run record. 61 was Roger Maris, right? 73 now, Barry Bonds. But, like, you know these numbers. You know what I mean? Um, so they, they always hold them in high regard. Just to put in perspective, Aaron, oh, Aaron Judge this year versus Barry Bonds in 2001 or even 2004, Aaron Judge has 98 walks. Mm-hmm. So, so he's getting opportunities. Definitely is. Definitely is. He's getting chances. Now, that also could be because that Yankee lineup is much more potent than that Giants lineup was. It wasn't until they got Buster Posey that they stopped walking Barry Bonds. They used to always have a different person behind Barry because they would know, shit, walk Barry Bonds. We don't care. Like mm-hmm. we'll, put, we'll we'll face the next batter. He ain't gonna hurt us like potentially like Barry Bonds can do. So that Yankee lineup is a much more potent lineup, um, and that could be why you know he's he's seeing more pitches and more opportunities than Barry Bonds did that year. But also he burst on the scene with this too. Yeah, another thing you know to watch for Aaron Judge again this year is is he's he's chasing that triple crown watch man. Like right now, I mean, right now I think he's number one in home runs, obviously right yep. at sixty. He's number one and runs batted in at 128. And his batting average, he's number two at 314 behind Xander Bogarts at 315. So he's chasing. Yeah, I think he's going to have some work to do on that batting average because I don't know if he's going to be able to raise it up high enough to win that. Yeah. Um, but he sure is, though, man. I mean, just it, the fact that he's he's in the conversation. He's top five and in he's everything. He's in the conversation. Yep. Yeah. Like, it just shows what kind of player he is and, you know, and he's humbly doing it, too. You don't hear him, like, really talking too much about this home run history. You know, he's just focused on playing baseball. And, and the dude doesn't look like a baseball player. Yeah. He's a freaking giant, dude. Yeah. He is a giant of a man. Um, you know, it's exciting to see, bro. I, you know, I lie. You know, he might be able to catch Bogarts. I didn't realize it's just 315. Yeah. yeah he might be able to. That should be attainable. So, I mean, he would be the first triple crown since Miguel Cabrera a couple years back. I think it was like five or six years back. Um, before that, it was like forty or fifty years since Ted Williams that did it. So, or not Wait, Williams, just Remsky, excuse me. But um, yeah, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. I I think he's a shoe in for the MVP this year. Yeah, like, for sure. There's, there's I mean, he's no doing reason. all the right things and eating all the right things. You know what I mean? So he's he's doing what he got to do. Plus, the guy looks like he should be be. Uh, Starting power forward for somebody instead of a freaking right fielder, dude. The guy's massive. Um, yo, eating the right things, like you said. Shout out to Janice's Catering. If you're looking for catering service for your event, I highly encourage you to give Janice's Catering a try. It's a family run company featuring a Mexican American cuisine from enchiladas to street tacos and fajitas. They throw it down, they got delicious green chili. Beans, rice, all the fixings, man. It's all good. From small gatherings to large events, there's no job too big or too small for Genesis Catering. Uh, weddings, birthday parties, anniversaries, funeral, business lunches, graduations, any event, make sure you hit up Genesis Catering. Find them on Facebook at Genesis Catering Colorado or give them a call at 303-669-2215. That's Genesis Catering. 
holler at them. You know what? I actually wouldn't mind talking about booking them for a team meal at some point this year for our little guys. We should. We'll reach. I'll reach out. We we should. We definitely would. Or, or even even potentially, you know, end of year banquet or you know something something we do. Maybe we just throw a camp and we have them come out and do some burritos or something. Bro. Yeah. Well, I was talking to. The team mom last night about maybe doing team meals. You know, I, I really like that aspect of high school football and being able to give the kids team meals before games. And you break oh, bread with your family, bro. I'd like to introduce that to you, these young boys as well. So you break bread with your family and you uh, you you feel more. I don't know. It's it's just a, a willingness to if you've eaten together, you've sweated together, you've bled together. Like, bro, like you're more willing to go off the edge with your brother. Speaking of breaking bread with families or breaking bread taken from <laughs> taking families. bread from families, hey, Ooh. our boy Brett Favre is in the hot seat, yo. Um, Man. Brett Favre is a part of a group being sued for misuse of welfare funds. Um, crazy story. I don't know if you follow this very much, but um, NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre continued to uh, it continues to be pressed by Mississippi State officials for helping pay, uh, help paying for a new facility at the University of Southern Mississippi, where his daughter's a volleyball player. Uh, I believe it was a part of sporting facilities that um, he was told by then governor. Uh, he tried to get funding from then Governor Phil Bryant, and they were going back and forth on how to use it. He they were trying to bring in some of this um, this welfare money to to fund it and. Uh, the most recent report says that, you know, Phil Bryan had told him, hey, that would be a misuse of welfare funds and could be illegal through text messages. Um, Favre's not been charged yet uh, in this scandal. There have been a bunch of people that have been indicted, uh, but he hasn't been charged yet. Uh, his attorney saying that he did not know the origins of the funds, which, you know, when it, when in doubt, ignorance is the best best uh, defense, I guess. But uh, on July 28th, 2019, Bryant texted Favre that the founder of a nonprofit who paid him has limited control over federal funds in the form of grants for children and adults in low-income communities. Uh, use of those funds are tightly controlled. Uh, any improper use would result in violation of federal law. And auditors are currently reviewing the use of those funds. Um, still, Favre wanted to push forward for the volleyball facility. Um, according to the 60-page filing, uh, uh, objects to a subpoena for the governor's documents and lawsuits stemming from the state scandal. So he was still pressing this, even being told that, hey, it'd be illegal to use these funds. Um, according to the filing, Favre texted Bryant on September 4th, 2019, after a meeting uh, they and others had to discuss requesting an additional 1.8 to $2 million for programs at the new facility. Um, yeah, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Um, you know, it is said to be the biggest case of misuse welfare, of government welfare funds? fraud in Mississippi <laughs> um, history. All right, you Brent. Know, I know I also see this, this quote, as you know, IHL Mississippi's higher education system mm -hmm. has a process of how we request to get approval for projects and what he's doing is outside of those guidelines bennett wrote dude check this I out i will see okay. for the upteenth time if we can get him to stand down <laughs> the bottom line is he has personally guaranteed this project and on his word and handshake we proceeded Jesus. it's time for him to pay up it's really just that simple 
Brett, you got yourself in a pickle here, buddy. You better figure it out. It's kind of like the jet situation where you got yourself in that pickle by showing your pickle. You need to, you know, you need to try to figure some things out, Mr. Favre. Dude, listen to this quote from Brett Favre, right? And this is to uh, Brian at the time. We obviously need your help big time. Time is working against us. And we feel that your name is the perfect choice for this facility and we are not taking no for an answer. You are a Southern Miss alumni, and folks need to know you're also a supporter of the university. He's strong-arming money from the government, yo. Yeah, and then <laughs> Bryant responded, right? Maybe he wants the state to pay off his promises. Like all of us, I like Brett. He is a legend, but he has to understand what a pledge means. I have tried many times to explain that to him. So, you know, I think <laughs> bro, Brian has a vision and no one else is following it. Dude, Brian also said, we're going to get there. This is a great meeting, but we have to follow the law. I'm too old for federal prison. You, you can't make this shit up, bro. This is this is hilarious, man. I mean, it's, it's not hilarious. It's effed up and it's messed up that um, it's gone to this and it's gone through another governor with Tate Reeves now and um, he, Brett Favre was texting him, urging him to continue pressing Bryant and continue to try to bring this money in. And, um, you know, is he going to face criminal charges? I mean, six people were arrested in February of 2020. Well, most have pled guilty. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's part of a civil lawsuit now. So he's a defendant in the state's civil lawsuit over misused welfare funds. Um, Mississippi uh, today really uh, is the one that launched that investigation and uh, state auditors determined that at least $77 million in welfare funds were misspent or stolen. So he's paid back 1.1 million. Right. Is what I see. And the state's telling him he still owes interest on the debt totaling $228,000. He got to, he got to go take a book out of Dion's uh, page and, and up up your own money. Remember we talked about Dion a few, a few episodes back putting in uh, his salary for the season to, to make it happen. Like, I don't, I don't know how some of these people, and again, we have this conversation. it It seems like we have this conversation weekly where we're talking about, People in power or people that have a little bit of power trying to flex that muscle, trying to get more off of it, man. And, you know, it frustrates me seeing this because you haven't really heard much about this. It's been kind of on the down low. And you don't hear NFL Network saying nothing. You don't hear none of these people that were chasing down Michael Vick and showing Michael Vick all the time with his dog, his dog uh, fighting ring. Yo, I don't think Michael Vick ever stole $77 million from welfare uh, welfare program Not or has even been named in a lawsuit being a part of that. Yeah. Like it, it's it's just horrible, man, and I get Brett Favre standing in the league or whatever and he's a legend, yada yada yada. Uh just cuz you're a legend doesn't mean you can't be a POS. I mean, we used to give Lawrence Taylor shit all the time for being a cokehead that loved prostitutes, but he was still a Hall of Fame linebacker. Right? Yeah, do you think some of that though has to do with the relevancy of the person at the time like yeah. obviously you know Brett Favre's a goat he's a legend yeah. you know not a goat I won't say that he's a legend in the game um you know and he's not but he hasn't been talked about in a while when the Michael Vick thing happened Michael he Vick was, was he was that guy you know he was the human joystick doing his thing like yeah he was he was a target of a lot of people yes I guess. Envy. I, I mean, that I'm makes saying? sense. Like, he was hot. He was he was hot at that time. 
And he was envious. A lot of people, let's just keep it real, a lot of people didn't like the attention that Michael Vick was getting. Well, and that was a time how before. he decided to carry himself in his younger days, you know what I mean? So That was a time before we had the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, where yep. the running quarterbacks were a prevalent thing. Look at Jalen Hurts. I mean, you can start counting them down now, and you got more than a handful of running quarterbacks who are successful in the league right now. Michael Vick was that kind of uh, that black sheep, for yeah. lack of a better term. He's, he's the reason why a lot of these guys yeah. play that way. Absolutely. You know what I mean? They they model their game Dude, after you go watch like his Vic. old Virginia Tech film, and it's freaking wild. Yeah. It's amazing what that guy can do on the field. So I don't know. I think I think you, there might be something to that in terms of, you know, who's hot and who's not. Uh, it just, you know, Brett Favre is the record holder for most interceptions, right? Now he's the record amongst the record holders for the largest welfare fraud case <laughs> <laughs> to ever be litigated. Man, I just can't believe it, man. It's uh, you know, at some point you got to understand that your pool is only so much and. You know, it's 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 just super disrespectful to people that have to get these benefits to not have their benefits because some football player who has, you know, who's famous from the state wants to build a volleyball facility. So his so essentially his daughter can play in it. But I mean, I know that's just part of it, but uh, it, it's it's ridiculous, bro. Some of these people in power think they got they run the world. And yeah. And there's people really out there struggling day to day. You know, I mean, you know. Not to glorify by any means by saying this, but some, you know, losing the struggle to the struggle and, you know, unfortunately taking their lives by, you know, heavy alcohol use, drug use, or, you know, inevitably suicide. And because they're stressing over things like this, when a guy's sitting, living life wonderful, just stealing from the poor to make the rich richer. Yeah, and that, it's like uh, sometimes it seems like that's the American way, bro. Yeah, like that's the poli- the political way, bro. So it's unfortunate, man. And we hope uh, we hope this gets gets taken care of. You know, Brett Favre was a great quarterback in his day. You know, speaking of a great quarterback now, who's, who's going through some things and some questionable things surrounding him, right? Um, Justin Herbert, man, would would you coach? play justin herbert and you know first and foremost justin herbert for you that don't know he suffered an injury to his cartilage surrounding his ribs no broken ribs or anything like that but just cartilage damage yeah now with cartilage damage they can do numerous things they can you know put (laughs) compression shirts on rib cage padding whatever the case may be to protect the outside from impact however they can't protect the body from trying to protect the damage as well. Um, what I mean by that is muscles tensing up right. around it to try to, you know, protect it from any more harm or to overcompensate for something. Um, your breathing patterns, when you're trying to run out there and you got rib cartilage damage, it's not the easiest thing to do yeah, to your breathe. Breath gets shorter. Yeah, you know, so his body is a struggle. The pain is sometimes intolerable from what i'm told um you know so there's a lot of things that he has to deal with that they can't put padding on to protect right and the chargers actually have a history (laughs) of something similar to this (laughs) you know um they can give him an injection which they did try earlier in the week don't do it they tried earlier in the week to give him an injection but they had mixed results at this point, with mixed results and the history with injections and quarterbacks in, in that Chargers organization, in the Chargers organization, um, would you do it again? Like I got two words for you: 
Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Hell no. It, it's kind of ironic because Herbert got his first start. Because of it. Because of a rib injury to Tyrod Taylor, who got the injection and they punctured his lung. Yeah. You know, he's young and they've got a lot invested in him. I don't know that I would start him. Now, I want him to start because I need him to be effective and to play and beat the Jaguars so my loser pool pick can continue on. But the coach and logical person in me says, you've got, you're not thinking two years. You're not thinking this year. With him, you're thinking 10 years, yeah, 15 years. You're thinking career long, right? And you just, man, I don't think you can risk it, bro. I think you have to. Maybe sit him this week, let him get right, let him get a little more healthier. I definitely wouldn't trust my team doctor, especially if it's the same team doctor. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't trust him to inject him. Well, and, right, if you're the Chargers, you're currently being sued by Tyrod Taylor <laughs> for $5 million at least <laughs> for the same exact thing, uh, right, where they puncture his lung, and you have to kind of be having these feelings of deja vu and what should you do type of stuff. Yeah, when you're you Justin know? Herbert, and, you know how you got your start, bro. Like, you know how it happened? Like, what do you do? Exactly. And, and you know, for this game, everybody that's ever played this game or any team sport, you know, the, the, the ultimate sacrifice is putting your body yeah. on the line for your teammates, your team, your and body, the greater yeah. good for the organization. You know what I mean? And so... This happens week in, week out, where players are playing through injury. Yeah. Right? But when it comes to something that's, like, where's the line? I guess that's what I'm, like, where do we start to draw the line and say, we don't want it to be no longer called the not-for-long league. Yeah. We want this kind of sustain the success a little bit of these young young men and, and watch them continue to thrive in the NFL by protecting their bodies. So that must like numb him up a little bit. So I wonder if that affects his throwing motion and how he feels. You said he had an ejection early in the week and had mixed results with it. Was it just didn't, maybe it didn't help as much. So that, that would be my thing. Like if it didn't help the first time, is it really going to help the second time? Yeah. And if it only helped minimally the first time, you know, you're going to have to get a second injection during halftime. Like what's. Well, and right. You got to ask, what are you injecting into my yeah, body? Like, is sure. this something that I can grow and you don't want to become dependent and on it. Dependent of yeah. it, you know what I mean. I was looking for the word there, and I was wasn't yeah, coming right. out. You know, you don't want speaking to of Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> speaking of dependence, right? <laughs> so. No, because he remember he had that uh, painkiller uh, addiction yeah. early in his career. I shouldn't joke about it, but I'm a fucking asshole. So. This is his third strike. Bounce back to Brett Favre, but yeah, painkillers, the penis, the, the, the sexting, <laughs> and now the fraud. But yeah, man, if I'm if I'm the Chargers, I'm not playing Justin Herbert. It's the Jaguars. It's week three, and they're at home. They got a lot of hopes for the season. Like, yeah, I would you guys are pump the arguably, you know, one of the top contenders in the AFC. Yeah, don't risk the future of your franchise. Plus, to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's be real. They got Chase Daniels as a backup, who's a yeah. veteran backup quarterback. That defense is stellar. That defense should be able to hold them up. Um, they can lean on Austin Eckler in their run game a little bit more this week. I would definitely not start him. I think I'd give him a break. Yeah. And it's hard saying that because I need the Chargers to win. So I actually wouldn't mind them losing one. So well, We know that, Coach. It's because they got one up on y'all. Yeah, but, you know. You know. <laughs> you got to wish for some things. But hey, best of luck to Justin Herbert. Hope you get well soon. For sure. Um, you know, we never want to see anybody down or out, but we definitely don't want to see you down and out for any longer. So 
protect your body, young man. Hey, we had a uh, mailbag question sneak in on us. I don't okay. know if you saw it sneak in there, but it snuck in. Um, but I'll ask you real quickly, and I'll give you a second to think about it and answer it. Um, what has football meant to you, and what continues to keep you pushing to be the best coach you can be? Structure. Football has meant structure. It has meant an it has been an outlet to me throughout my life through childhood um, and the things that, you know, that were necessarily going on around me. I've always had football to kind of either turn on and watch and get lost in, um, play on a video game and get lost in, or go out and actually play with the friends in the neighborhood or, you know, with my team growing up. Yeah. And it's always provided that stability, structure, and outlet for me to kind of go and and vent you know whether it's not vocally it's physically i vent you know i i kind of digress a lot of my stress when i was a football player on the football field Mm -hmm. and now that i'm a coach you know i just apply it still and when i'm stressing you know i i look to football to relieve some of that stress with you know seeing smiles on other people's faces and and also seeing it be that same outlet for kids who are just like me or maybe not as as well off as I was or maybe even worse than, mm-hmm. you know. So I just, I just, it's always provided an outlet. It's always provided structure, stability. Um, and that's why I coach because I want to be that outlet. I want to be that stability. I want to be that structure nice. in other people's lives. Good answer, coach. Good answer. Um, I would agree with you on the structure part. And, you know, it, it's provided me with great structure. It's also provided me with great discipline, um, giving me an ability to understand my abilities, understand what I can do if I apply myself, if I work hard. Um, it's It literally kept me in school. It literally um, kept me from dropping out. It's literally helped me go and experience a college football life. Um. Yeah, man, I think the game itself has taught me so much um, perseverance and uh, belief in self and, you know, knowledge of self and strength and understanding that, you know, life is tough. And if you push through, sometimes you break through. Yeah. And that's what I got from the game. That's what I continue to get from the game. That's why I continue to coach for the same reason as I like to. Uh, Sometimes when you're young, you don't know that you have all these different outlets and you don't have, you have all these different abilities and um, things that you can do to make yourself better. And I like to be able to provide that kind of knowledge to people and to young people, especially um, to help them understand who they are, what they can be and what they can become when they play this game. Yeah. You know, and I didn't even realize how much stability and structure that football provided to me until most recently as an adult yeah you know um for a long time in my life i i ran around without structure without discipline um without stability and the one thing that was missing from my life during that duration of my life was the game of football Mm. you know i watched it here and there but and I wasn't involved with football as much as I am now or as much as I was when I was younger. And the minute I got back involved with coaching football and, and you know, I felt myself kind of rebuilding myself as a human being, you know mm. what I mean? And, and, again, developing that structure that I once had before. And now that I look back on it, 
I'm I, not lost without football, but football makes me a better man. Yeah. Coaching makes me a better man. It gives me that structure that I need to be the perfect father for my kids, you know. Yeah. And a man is only as good as what he knows about himself. Yep. And you have to know your weaknesses and you have to know your strengths, kind of like we were talking with the coaches before. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I know one thing that is good in my life is having football involved in my life is a strength for me. It gives me the passion, the drive, the stability, the structure that I need to be the best coach, dad, role model, friend, brother, cousin, whatever I have to be yep. in life. So, Man, great answer, bro. On that note. It's that time again, bro. Time to close out, man. A shout out to a few people. We want to give a shout out to Arsenal Custom Apparel, Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens, Janice's Catering, Charlene at Lashaw Beauty, yep, yep. and DNA Sports Denver.com, man. Go check us out. Like, share, subscribe, follow all of our social media pages. Make sure you reach out and hit a, hit us up with the mail bay question for next week. Yep. We're here for you. You're here for us. We're here for each other. DNA Sports Denver.com. Yo, we'll continue to do our part as long as you continue to do your part. Like, share, subscribe, do all that thing that Coach mentioned. Shout out to our shout outs, man. Nothing but love. Coach, hope you have a great day, man. Enjoy some football. We'll, we'll get back to man. kicking this week this week's ass this week. Let's go. Already.